0: good morning I'm Anna Marie it's time again for focus today we have one of my favorite guests of all time and not only is he fun he's knowledgeable and we're gonna get a lot of great information and possibly things to keep you safe and healthy this season it's dr. Alex Jahangir now all your titles let's kind of get those out in the open so people know what's going on with Vanderbilt
1: Yes, I am an orthopedic trauma surgeon at Vanderbilt University Medical mm-hmm. Center and um, oversee the trauma um, patient care center.
0: Okay, and then with the Metro Health Board.
1: Yes, I am a member of the board of health. Um, now entering my fifth year on the board um, and have served two terms as chair.
0: So the board does what with the Metro Health Department?
1: The um, the board is the oversight committee for the Metro Health Department. So everything that from obviously the COVID response to Um, our clinics that we run, to water quality, to vehicle emissions, to animal control. The Board of Health oversees all of those functions of the health department.
0: You also are the chair of the Metro Coronavirus Task Force. That's kind of a recent thing.
1: Believe it or not, COVID has been going on for almost two years now. So Mayor Cooper, at the very beginning of this response, wanted a um, response that was led by science, that had um, transparency to public and involved all sectors of our city. And he felt that it would be best to have a task force um, that he um, very humbly asked me to chair to um, address those. And that's kind of been the role I think most people know me through. is, And it's the role that's been one of the most amazing opportunities I've ever um, have had in my life.
0: It was uh, the daily briefings. We got used to seeing Dr. Jahangir with the daily briefing, answering in a calm, cool, collected manner. However, are you okay if I tell the story a little bit about the night before the calm, yeah, cool, collected first, of course. first time? Is that you didn't know you were going to go on and do a press conference on TV until the night before. Tell them what happened.
1: Yeah, so um, the first case of COVID arrived in Nashville on March 7th of 2020. Okay. Um, that evening we had some family friends over and... Um,
0: you're at your house. At my
1: house. Literally, I think we made burgers or something. And all of a sudden, I get a phone call from um, somebody from the health department, Brian Todd, who, I, who you know. And mm-hmm. he's like, hey, this is about 7 o'clock at night. Hey, um, first case of COVID in Nashville, which we, we knew it was going to happen. Like, we saw COVID come across the country, and we knew it would eventually come here. Yeah, I was like, okay. He's like, well, th- th- at that moment, we didn't have a director of health. The, the new person was starting on March 9th. So on Monday, a new person was started. Saturday night is when I got the call, and they said the mayor would like for you to come to um, this press conference in the morning, and just say, "Look, the health department's on this. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone, just stay calm. We'll, we'll get through this." Up until that moment, I'd never been asked to attend a press conference much less speak at one. <laughs> you know, I, I came out and after from my bedroom where I took the phone call and just acted like everything was fine with my friends who were there, and then when they left, and my wife knew me. like She could just tell that something was up, and I told her, hey, i got to write a, a press statement tomorrow and give a, a press statement. So I typed up something on my um, laptop and literally stood in front of a mirror most of the evening and just kept practicing it over and over again. And on March 8th, that's Sunday, I went to the Lentz Public Health Building, at which time we um, had our first press conference of what ended up being 101 press conferences that the mayor and I did together. Whoa. Yeah, so I think that, that, that always blows both of our minds when we think about 101 conferences in one year. And, and you know, it began what all of us are still going through.
0: And we tuned in like every day. That was our daily. Here's what's going on. Here's what we need to know. That became an important part of our lives for 101 days. Yeah. We needed to know what was going on because it was also new. Yeah. And I remember as we would have new developments, people would ask a question, well, what about this? And what about that? And you had to deal with that. How much, how much extra homework did you have to do to kind of keep up and be able to answer those questions?
1: Well, the short answer is a lot, right? So one, <laughs> one thing I don't think people realize is I kept my day job. Or I have still kept my day job available through this. I think for me, again, with the uncertainty that all of us had, of not knowing how long this is going to last or not last, and and my commitment is always my family, then my patients, and then everything else. So this kind of fell into everything else bucket, honestly. Yeah. Um. And so my day would usually start at three or four in the morning. Um. We, we get a report every day. I'm um, really fortunate to have so many amazing people in the city I could call upon, and and outside of the city, but a lot of infectious disease experts, public health experts, experts on other issues from from immigrant health to public safety, mm-hmm. and so usually I, I would do a lot of reading and a lot of asking, um, just like I think most people who who really want to learn about something honestly and want to seek the truth, yeah. um, which I think we all still need to do. Um, that exercise has not stopped for me, and I hope not for, for many of your listeners. Yeah. Um, and so I would do that and recognize when we were wrong, admit when we were wrong. Um, I think one thing Mayor Cooper said that one of the first meetings is he wants this committee to be led with transparency and part of transparency is sometimes humility and be like, Hey, we got that one wrong. Cause we were all learning so quickly Yes, and at that time. Right. If you remember like every day, somebody would, would be a new scientific study or a new quote unquote expert saying this or that. And I think we, we couldn't blow things off. Right. Because um, what, what sounded like a crazy idea one day um, such as this, this passes through your, your bowels and <laughs> it actually became public health process where certain cities would look at their sewage systems and really get a gauge of how, how active this disease was. I mean, it sounds crazy, but like that's what the science would teach us in real time at, back then. So, yeah, very neat experience, um, and but yeah, I'd have to do a lot of reading.
0: Let's get caught up now with our current situation. What is the current situation as far as the coronavirus is concerned? And we're heading into the time of year where we're already starting to all gather indoors. And we've had vaccines, so people are starting to feel more confident and safe, and there are a lot more people gathering uh, without taking as many safety precautions. So what are we looking at?
1: It's really amazing. About 138,000 Nashvillians, roughly, have, have become infected out of about 700,000. You know, I mean, that's over two years. Almost 1,200 Nashvillians have died mm-hmm. from coronavirus. 1,200. That's a pretty, pretty significant number. Yeah. Where we are today is is we're kind of in a... Better place than we have been in a long time. The Delta surge in um, the summer really hurt us really bad. The surge we had last December was similar with the Delta surge. Like We, we would have seven or 8,000 people actively infected in one day. Hospitals would be at capacity. So last December and this summer with the Delta really put a lot of stress on this, on the city's resources, the health systems, and a lot of people were impacted. So we're not anywhere near where we were there. Right, so now we have about two thousand people actively infected. Now I will tell you, at the beginning of the summer, we were much lower than that. So we've been better, we've been worse, but our trajectory right now is heading towards um, to heading upwards. Okay, so um, more people are becoming infected, and um, what what we need to watch is how severely people have become infected. Unfortunately, hospitalizations have not gone up tremendously yet, and that's that's really great. Sixty percent of our city, a little over sixty percent of our city, has now been vaccinated fully which is, in line with the national average, It's about 10 points higher than the state. So as a city, I'm really appreciative of, of our, our community getting vaccinated um, like, the, like they should. I have three kids, um, 7, 8, and 10, and they became now fully vaccinated last week. And it's yeah. just so nice to, to do that. Now, more and more, it's becoming evident that one needs a booster, so only about 20% of people have gotten their boosters. So okay. a, a, a booster or a third shot, if you took the Moderna and Pfizer vaccine, should happen six months after your second shot. And a second shot of Moderna or Pfizer should be given um, after two months after you received a Johnson & Johnson single-shot vaccine. The reason this is so important is, especially with this new variant of Omicron, it's showing that people who receive the booster shots have 25 times more um, antibodies to, towards um Omicron than those that don't receive the booster. So it's so Whoa. critical to get the booster because I have I have a friend right now who's very been very diligent and um he didn't get his booster and now he's currently infected with with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of feeling rough a little bit. Thank goodness he probably the first two doses kept him from getting severely ill. Ah. But but it is really important.
0: What was the number again? Twenty five percent? Twenty-five times.
1: Time. The study just came out yesterday. Pfizer has been shown that if you receive the third shot, the booster shot, 25 times the antibody response towards Omicron, the, the variant, as well as Delta. So Delta still is the most prominent variant in the United States. And Delta, if you remember, is the one that really did a number on, on the state and the city in, in July, August, September. So Delta is still the most prominent variant. Omicron, which we're still figuring out if it's really bad or not is making its way. I'm sure it'll be in Tennessee soon if it's not here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems to spread more quickly than Delta. What we don't know is, is it as severe as Delta? And it doesn't appear to be
0: yet, which is
1: great if that news holds true.
0: That's good. And it could be partly because people are being vaccinated. Absolutely. I think that's absolutely the right answer. Okay. And What about um, flu season? As we're heading into flu and cold and respiratory illness season, people are taking less precautions than we did last winter as far as hand washing and masks and things like that.
1: Yeah. And thank you for for asking about that. It's really interesting. Um, Flu season thus far appears to be uh, maybe four times worse than last year at this time. Oh. So it's happening a little sooner than typically. The reason maybe it was not as bad last year is people were getting vaccinated against the flu. flu vaccine is out there. Please make sure you get it. But also, as you just mentioned, people were taking precautions, washing hands, wearing masks, coughing in their elbow. I mean, things that we should all should just do. Um, and so that made the flu season not as bad last year. It is, go- it is much higher this year. Um, colleges locally, as well as um, in Knoxville and so forth, are starting to see an uptick, especially in younger people. So the flu is something that we can protect against. Um, you can get the you can get your booster shot and your flu shot at the same time. There's there's no contraindication to that. So if you just want to go and just get just needles in both arms one mm-hmm. day, I mean it's not a bad idea.
0: I did that. Actually, they gave me both shots in one arm. Oh really? And then my husband, they gave one shot in each arm and he gets sore when he gets vaccinated. He gets sore and I don't, I'm like I'm fine. Give me something else, and so he he had one in each arm, and the only trouble he had was he said, "I just can't lift my arms in the air like that. <laughs> just don't care." <laughs> and any and an
1: excuse not to to get out of work, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right, but uh, but the, but there were no issues, Good. and we we did get them on the same day. Great. Are there other illnesses that are going around? It seems like I'm hearing more about respiratory illnesses or RSV or. Something like that.
1: Uh, anytime we're in the winter month, you start seeing that. So kids get RSV, get the flu. What is RSV? RSV is um, is is a is a virus predominantly in kids. It's a respiratory uh, virus that I've forgotten exact. I, I I'm gonna I would butcher what the R and the S and the V stands for. <laughs> so I'm not even gonna try. I see it in my head, but. It spreads to everyone, but really younger kids are, are most impacted, especially the babies. Mm-hmm. Um, can lead to hospitalizations um, in, in young kids
0: because their immune system is not built yeah, up. Yeah, and yet. the
1: respiratory system—just the way it impacts the respiratory system—is just a little bit more um, aggressive mm-hmm. than, than in adults. Um, but again, it's it's same things that mitigate um, you getting COVID or the flu help with RSV, and so. If you're So you had mentioned, like, as we all come together for Christmas and, and the holidays and, and and it gets colder so we can't eat outside together. Right. Um, I think it's just important, like, common sense things that you did before the pandemic. If you're not feeling well, stay home. Be honest with, with somebody you're about to visit with. Hey, I'm not feeling well. Let's not get together. Yeah. Wearing a mask, I think, has become less weird. Right. Yes. And, yeah. and I think that's so important. We, we, we've seen this for decades. And mainly Southeast Asian countries, that always wear a mask and and it was fine. And it minimizes the risk of disease disease spread. So wear a mask if you're not feeling well. If you have a fever, please stay home. Um, Go get healthcare. Um, One thing, if I may, is let's say you're not feeling well. If you get tested and you have the flu or you have COVID, now, unlike a year ago, there's so many treatments out there, um, both oral pills as well as monoclonal antibodies that can keep you from getting super sick from both of these diseases, flu and COVID, but you have to know you, you have it. So getting tested is important. Flu testing is everywhere. COVID testing, you can buy at-home tests now at, at the pharmacy. I've bought a couple, but also our city sites are still open um, five days a week. There's one in um, the old Kmart in Antioch. There's one on um, 28th in Charlotte. Here in Nashville, um, where city sites can do COVID testing. So there's, there's a lot of options to get tested. And the benefit, again, of being tested for either is you can get some of these treatment modalities and not get super sick if you can get it early enough.
0: Okay. If you're just joining us, I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus, and we're talking with Dr. Alex Jahangir. He's the chair of the Metro Coronavirus Task Force. Now, I don't want to be overreacting. So if, say, I get uh, the sniffles and my nose is running and I start to cough a little bit, maybe I get a sore throat, when do I know that this is time to go ahead and get tested for things?
1: You know, I think if you're not feeling well, and especially if you have a fever, fever, go get tested. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of people, especially those who've had their, um, maybe the first two shots of the vac- vaccine, and now mm. they're, they're in the window of the booster but they haven't. Sometimes you may not have as, a, as an acute of a response to um, COVID. But if you're not feeling well, just go get tested for whether it's flu or, and or COVID. Um, but definitely if you have a fever, you should go get tested. Again, for both, either of those, because flu kills people, too. I don't want people to, like, people get really sick from flu as well as, as um, coronavirus. So just take care of yourself.
0: So you said uh, after we've had the first two shots, and maybe we haven't had the booster yet, then if we get something, you said it may not, our response may not be as strong?
1: Yeah, so you have some natural um, immunity, right? So the whole reason of a vaccine is it teaches your body um, what a a disease looks like. So it doesn't go away. That memory cell, the T memory cells, and even some of the antibodies don't go away um, completely. So your body has now seen covid and so if, if you have um, the Delta variant or whatever version of, of the virus into your body, your body, it's not new to your body anymore. It'll, it'll ramp up the system and maybe keep the disease um, burden down on you. So you still may have some symptoms, but nothing like you may have had if you've never seen it before. The, like the reason so many people died and got sick in last December before the vaccines is nobody had seen it. That's why it's called the novel coronavirus. It's a new coronavirus. Now- me, you, and and sixty percent of Nashville has been exposed to the coronavirus, and not to mention the people who've actually become infected with coronavirus. I think mm-hmm. there is, uh, I think they call it natural immunity. I mean, it is a thing. Your body has seen it now, and if you've survived, you have um, some level of recognition of of it. The question is, how long do antibodies last with natural immunity? Um, With the vaccine, at least there's their studies just kind of give you an idea. But so a lot of more people's bodies have been exposed to coronavirus now. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, your body's more likely to fight it, fight it. And if you look at most of the people who are in the hospital, and most people who have died from this disease now, a high majority of that over 90% are vaccinated are unvaccinated people. I mean, yes, occasionally a vaccinated uh-huh. person may go to the hospital, occasionally a vaccinated person may die, but a super high majority of people who now get really ill from coronavirus or chronic hospitalizations or die are unvaccinated.
0: Is part of what's making us feel bad, is that? Is it the illness itself doing something to us or is it our body's reaction to it that's making us feel bad that's bringing the fever and the chills and the aches and pains that's
1: a very complex question to answer um
0: next question the short, the short is
1: short answer is both right fever is part of your body's response to to fight an infection mm-hmm. the inflammatory response but the virus really in worst case scenarios ravages your lungs it, mm. i mean it it, it it, it do, the virus itself does a lot of bad things but your body fighting the virus also results in some of the symptoms you may have
0: like the fluid in the lungs and yeah. things like that mm-hmm. are we finding that people are getting more of the other vaccines that they need in their lives now that the coronavirus vaccine has been so highly promoted like the pneumonia vaccine and the hpv and other things that we we have known was available for a long time but perhaps had not gotten have not gotten
1: yeah. You know, I wish I could tell you, yes, um, to me, one of the saddest things that's happened over the past two years in, in society is we've become so polarized. Oh. And the simplest acts, such as whether to wear a mask or not, have become such a political and yeah. and divisive issue. Unfortunately, I think the same has gone to vaccines, right? Oh. Um, you see people who two years ago, people of all political persuasions, people of all backgrounds would never bat an eye when you needed to get a vaccine against hepatitis or to get a vaccine against um, measles, mumps, rubella, yeah, all of a sudden, frankly, I think very sadly, these people see um, vaccines as a divisive issue uh. and as a way to, to mobilize their troops around themselves and to, to make someone else feel like they've owned someone else like it's just it's just mm-hmm. i think what i worry about is the lack of civility and that has happened over the past past year especially i mean you know but i think it's very um normal to have questions about vaccines and mm-hmm. about medical treatment i think that's why it's important to have those discussions with your healthcare provider right especially about vaccinating your kids um with the covid vaccine totally get it mm-hmm. um though Um, People have now taken the issue of the COVID vaccine, see that it's getting them the ratings they want or the voting block they want, and now are are expanding this beyond um, the COVID vaccine to vaccines that have been tested for 50 years or, you know, and and have kept so many people alive. It's really disingenuous. It's really sad. And and, and these individuals, a lot of them are are so-called leaders, are not leading. They're they're actually hurting people.
0: Mm -hmm. We had a local radio personality who died from COVID. Yeah. And had his brother issued a statement and said that that his his brother said, my brother says now he wished he had taken a more positive stance for the vaccine and said, get vaccinated. I think people are finding out some people are finding out too late that it really wasn't about politics in in their lives. It was just taking care of their health.
1: Yeah, and it's it's just sad to you know I mean I, it saddens me when I hear anyone uh, it's right and I think it's okay to have people learn, from, but I just hate that anyone has to suffer like and families have to suffer.
0: Yeah, and and learn that way. Now you spoke about the the divisiveness, and I don't want to get too far into this, but but I, <laughs> you've had to do interviews for all kinds of national outlets, and you say you're finding a lot of that divisiveness. That, what did you, how did you word it? The same question, same uh, same answer, but then it's it's spun differently.
1: That's that's right, and and I you know I've been very fortunate to have opportunities to to be in a lot of outlets and, and mm-hmm. try to pass on information because it, at at the end of the day I think if if I do my job right and I've been very fortunate and blessed to have this opportunity to to hopefully bring information mm-hmm. all I can do is is speak to the truth as as the science shows and as as I know. And um, that doesn't change, right, whether I'm on with you or, or, or on um, one station that really is spun one way or just another station that's spun yeah. the other way. Um, but it is interesting to, to see um, same question, same answer by me, um, analyzed differently um, yeah. by two different groups, uh, two different media outlets. Yeah. Um, and, and I think what I, the message for me in that, and it's a great personal lesson, is, listen, people, everyone listening to the show, Is is smart. Everyone is is capable in today's world to really find facts out from valid sources. Yes, you know there's a there's a the Ad Council has a site called GetVaccineAnswers.org. Very factual information. Very um, nonpartisan, and it and it just tells you where to get information. Because again, I think it's very. It's, I, I encourage people to explore these questions because you need to know what you're like. You shouldn't just r- go do something because everyone's doing it right. You need to learn for for yourself. And and so, please, I don't want anyone to hear this say if you don't get it, your X or if you do get it, your Y. Have good reasons for your decision. And and that's all I'm asking people to do is really f- research this information from valid sources, not from some spin. And I think most people will come to the realization that vaccines are are good. And if you want me to go to children, if I may, and kind of tell you how I came about for for my children. So I have three children, um, seven, eight, and 10 years old. So um, about a month ago, now those five and older are eligible for the vaccine. I think it's an important decision for all parents to consider. And, And for us, for my wife and me, what we know is the long-term impacts of people of children impacted with COVID. Mm-hmm. I, there are people who have, I personally know people who have their kids have the brain fog. They have some pulmonary or lung issues, have difficulty breathing. Um, now I know most you'll say, well, most kids do fine. Yeah. Most kids do fine. But what if your kid is not one of those most kids? Um, there's, there's rare, but there are reports of children dying from this or being in ICU. I don't want to risk that for my kids. Um, the risk the vaccines have been given to millions of individuals at this point. We have not seen any of the long term. We haven't seen many of the big issues with vaccines. Now, I can't in good faith tell you five years from now. you know, people, you know but but what I can tell you is I don't want to find out. I don't want my kid to become ill because I chose not to vaccinate them. And, I, and so, for my wife and me, it was a risk risk benefit analysis. And for us, the risk of getting COVID now. Far um, was greater than any risk that potentially may come from a vaccine. Again, because I've, I've trust the research that's been done on vaccines. The regulatory process in the U.S. is robust, that if, if now millions of people have gotten it, if there was something really abnormal, the red flags would go up. We saw that with Johnson & Johnson for a while, if you remember when that first rolled out. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I would say, it, and I, I encourage everyone, again, go to your pediatrician, go to your nurse practitioner, your physician assistant, whomever you trust, with your kids' healthcare. have a discussion with them. Don't just... Go to whatever your favorite blog is on the internet and do what that person says.
0: To that comment about asking your doctor, your physician's assistant, apparently there are doctors and physician assistants and there are healthcare professionals who are giving different answers. So talk to them. But also, what was the website you said?
1: GetVaccineAnswers.org.
0: Which is just the science. It's just the answer. Yeah,
1: it's just a very it's an ad council nonprofit, and it's just purely just scientific and um, non biased opinion.
0: Do your research. Don't just take the word of one person. Yeah. And even if they are a medical professional, get that info, weigh it, be your own advocate, weigh it, and do your research. But
1: yeah, but I would say your medical professionals, um, a very high high percentage of them are, are are people who just want you and your families. Yes. well-being. And so yes, there is those few exceptions that I I, was, I would say are doing harm or not following the Hippocratic oath. And those those are kind of the extremes that I, I hopefully most people can can weed out. But but I would say uh, you've had relationship most people have had relationships with their healthcare provider for a long time. Well true. And and listen to those people you've trusted for every other part of your life.
0: With the thought in mind that vaccines have in some cases become more politicized and more polarizing like I'm on this side or I'm on that side. Is there a possibility we're going to have, like, worse flu seasons and more cases of pneumonia and more cases of uh, things that we could get vaccines for? Are we starting to see that at all?
1: Short answer is yes. Um, Again, vaccines have worked, Mm -hmm. right? Many people don't know about the measles. People don't know about smallpox. But now you see occasional flare-ups of measles, right, or of mumps. Chickenpox, right? Mm-hmm. These are things that vaccines have prevented. For you know, my, I mean, I got, I had chickenpox as a kid because there's no chickenpox vaccine, but I didn't have measles in school. Yeah. So, I think it's important that we continue with vaccinations because they've saved lives. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, look at what polio did in the 50s. we mm-hmm. have, you know, the how much that impacted people. We don't have polio anymore. So, I hope, I hope we don't get to that place, okay. and I hope most people are, are reasonable, but. Nothing's ever guaranteed, right? If we let go of of some of these basic public health principles that we have used for decades now, there's no reason why we wouldn't regress back to where we were before some of these measures that were put in place. So mm-hmm. nothing's guaranteed. We have to always work hard to, to ensure the health safety that we now have, and yeah. we can't let people who just want to make some noise for a little bit ravage our, our security.
0: I've noticed people are feeling more safe, more secure now that they've had vaccines and boosters. Mm-hmm. My husband is a musician. We went into a place where he was going to play. We were the only two people in the entire building who were wearing masks. Does that help us?
1: Well, I, look, I think it's knowing your environment you're, in which you're in. I mean, if I'm fully, I am fully vaccinated and I know I'm in an environment where mo- most people are fully vaccinated, it's probably okay. All right? But if you're in an environment that you're, you're unsure yeah, um, and and you're worried about your health. Wearing a mask again, it protects you. I mean, I, I, and I think as a society, we need to be okay with people wearing masks. Like, you know, it's If I'm not wearing a mask and you are, I shouldn't make you feel awkward about it. Yeah, I think w- most people don't know what's going on with other people, um, and 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 so let's not make assumptions that it means wearing a mask or don't wearing a mask doesn't mean one thing or another. But true. But I think, uh, but I think, what you have control of for yourself is this you can get you can get vaccinated you can get your booster shot you can wear a mask you can minimize the risks like so minimize the risk to you yourself and your family prior to my kids being vaccinated i still didn't go out as much as i do now because i didn't want to bring home to my children the coronavirus yeah right um, but now they're all vaccinated i'm fully vaccinated we're boosted i may occasionally still wear masks if i'm in a very crowded place and i'm not aware of who's around me or who Yes. But that's my choice. You know, I think at this point where we are in in this pandemic, we're at a place where everyone who wants access to a vaccine, except you're under five, can get a vaccine. I encourage everyone to get a vaccine. Um, everyone can, can and should wear a mask if they feel like they need to wear a mask. Um, variants happen. Mutants, mutations happen. There's a chance a mutation will happen if the vaccines are not effective again. We just need to know, like, we just need to follow follow the science moving forward, and, and that's kind of my how
0: I'm approaching it Dr. Alex Jahangir the chair of the Metro Coronavirus Task Force and I have a feeling sadly that this is not the last we'll hear from you <laughs> Thank you for joining us again We're going to post more links and more information on our focus Facebook page as well Make sure you join us again next week I'm Anna Marie and that's Focus